0: Welcome to the Enneagram and Christianity Podcast with your hosts, lead pastors Claire and Scott Lorridge from Crossroads Church and Ministries in Marshall, Michigan. In this Advent 2020 season, we're asking the question, how will you unwrap the gift of Christ in you this Advent season? We hope that you'll join us December 1st through December 25th as this podcast will create space for you to unwrap the gifts of Christ's presence for every Enneagram personality style. So dive in, let's take a listen, and let's unwrap the gift of Christ. Here's Claire and Scott.
1: Welcome, my friend Doug Calhoun.
2: Welcome to you, Claire. Good, very good to be with you.
1: I love being with you in your studio. That place is sacred ground and uh, have lots of fond memories of being there.
2: Yes, pre-COVID.
1: Pre-COVID. Oh, and mid-COVID. And mid-COVID. We wore masks, right? And socially distanced and all yep. of that good stuff. So thanks be to God for masks and social distancing. Amen.
2: And and may it end soon.
1: May it end soon. Well, you know, we're, we're in this Advent season that really feels uh, almost like um, uh, the cave of St. Francis, where we visited with you on pilgrimage and, you know, that little, that little tiny cave where he would go to pray and, um, and, and, and thinking about how he would go on retreat with two other um, monks uh, that would serve while one could actually be on retreat in little caves, so they could be alone with God. Little caves, like how many feet by how many feet?
2: Not much more than six feet by five feet. I mean, they, were, they had to be small guys. That's all
1: I would have to say. <laughs> well, he was, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And almost like an above-ground grave, um, which, uh, you know, I have to say holds really special meaning for me um, during this Advent, being the first uh, Christmas without both my mom and dad. And my friend uh, Matt, who also um, said goodbye to his mom and brother, Uh, even during this COVID time, said, what do you think um, let the dead bury the dead means? And I said, well, you know, I just can't imagine Jesus blowing people off in their grief. Um, So I think when Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead, that there was an invitation to discover what needs to die in you. And I feel like Advent has been a time of discovering all that I have been attached to, well, maybe not all because i 'm sure there 's a lot more, but the things i 've been attached to that I uh, can let go of uh, the things that can die in me so that new life can come and um, and and so, in this advent season, while we 're unwrapping the presence of christ mm-hmm. and we 're being attentive to presence. Um, I've told you what I've been attentive to, that I need to die to things that, you know, really don't serve and thanking God for this COVID time of getting to pay attention to that. Um, is there anything specifically you'd like to say that you've been aware of that you've let go of during COVID?
2: Well, particularly through Advent, I would say the thing um, that I ended up focusing on in the Advent readings that kept coming up as they should were the words wait and hope. Mm. And um, from my own heart's perspective, the the trauma to our people and the government and everything else has been really severe. And I, it was easy to lose hope for what a future might be And it was easy to focus on something other than God, particularly when all sorts of people in the name of God were doing horrendous things to people who didn't believe what they believed about politics. And so God really invited me to go back to those ancient phrases of, you know, wait upon the Lord and trust in him and in him put your hope and Actually, discovered when I was studying further that in Hebrew the same word is translated "wait" and "hope," which makes total sense. Since if you're waiting for something, you're hoping it's going to happen, and if you're hoping for something, it hasn't happened yet, and you're waiting. Mm-hmm. And yet, that simple connection really helped me to die to the things I was focused on that were making me anxious, and putting my hope in anything less than God working in the world somehow through his people. And so those are the things I've been trying to focus on instead of the uh, ever tumultuous political shenanigans of our mm-hmm. leaders and of our parties. So
1: right. Lord, in your mercy,
2: you're our prayer.
1: Yeah. And I I think, you know, um, being attentive right now is especially difficult um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we live in a time of attention deficit. And uh, for those of us who um, are spending a lot of time engaging virtually, um, that can be, you know, it it can be really difficult. Our attention uh, span Mm -hmm. is, if it was, you know, if we had a deficit before, we are, you know, wow, let's say Lord in your mercy again. And, uh, and so I, I wonder, you know, what have you noticed about attention with people? How are they able to be attentive to the spirit in a moment like this? And what, you know, what might you offer? Um, mm-hmm. And we can do it any way you want. We can start by going around the circle And looking at each of the styles and the invitation to pay attention uh, to the presence of God. Be attentive to presence. Um, Or you can take us in another direction. Because I think I want to say one thing that I wished I had said at the very beginning. Um, You have been one of the people in my life these last many years um, that I trust. uh, That I trust to have safe conversations with. Um, whether they're about our own beloved family or about, you know, at the 40,000 foot view of theology, uh, about political conversations. Um, And so Scott and I come to you, uh, Dr. Doug Calhoun, and ask you questions about scripture and history and uh, the mission of the church and the history of the church so when I ask you to talk to us about such things, I I want people to know the kind of trust um, that you know both I and Scott have in you. Um, and so <laughs> it's great to be with people you know that you're you're going to be welcomed in all of your glory and grime.
2: Amen <laughs> mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> and you are that to me as well, dear mm-hmm. Claire. <clears throat> Well, uh, as usual, you have about 10 questions in your question. I and know.
1: <laughs> Someone has to teach me how not to do that.
2: <laughs> uh, it's one of your endearing things. So I will pick out something in there, I think. Um, the thing that first came to mind when we were talking about being attentive um, as I I do spiritual direction with people all over the country and uh, mostly pastors, but beyond those in an official role. Um, And what I I see, both in them and in myself, is that when we're under stress, when we're triggered, and we move into that false self, um, we rarely actually notice that at that point, we are we are no longer present or attentive mm-hmm. because we, we have, as you, you finally talk about, we've constricted around a particular way of viewing reality. And whereas we might see that little bit, just by virtue of it being only a little bit, it doesn't actually help us because it's so out of context with everything else that it can be totally misinforming. It can look like a door, but it's not. There's a door right next to it that's open. But we're focused on this one thing, you know, and we we just can't see. And so, I one of the things I've come listening to people is realizing that the the entire goal of the spiritual formation process, all the disciplines, I think, are actually have a sole purpose of simply getting us to be present. Because we can't be pre- we can't love God with our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, unless we're here, and, but when we're here, we, that's actually what we were created to be, and do, and then that means I can see you, I can be more in touch with me, and the love that God has flows between us, and everything about our false self-triggered, you know, stressed selves militates against that, Mm. so, I spend a lot of time with people trying to just peel back the layers. What are the things, the patterns, the thoughts, the lies, the old stories, the old narratives that are actually keeping you from being present? And what what would it look like to draw near to God like that more regularly? Not in some sort of mystical experience, though, praise God if you have that. Just in the normal flow of life, that you can be present to what's going on.
1: In our eating, drinking, walking around life.
2: Exactly. The normal, everyday stuff. So when I think about it being attentive, uh, that's the thing that draws my attention. And, you know, we have the wonder of the incarnation is that God was so attentive to us that he became present in person, that he might fully understand our world, as well as know what does it mean to draw us, I think, into his. Mm. So it's a wonderful time to hope and wait, as well as rejoice and give thanks that we don't have a God that's distant from us. We have a God who dwells in us Mm. and with us. So...
1: Well, and you and I have talked about before, uh, Catherine of Genoa, saying my deepest me is God. And when we are present to presence, we realize that we are God's temple, not made with human hands. And while there is a grandiose and 40,000 foot and stratosphere view of God, there's also this right here very present view
2: embodied God yeah.
1: embodied God and how do you see that um, in the Enneagram and you know whether you want to go around all nine styles or into the intelligence centers um, tell us how we can be present to presence
2: okay so I think I'll do by the intelligence the gut heart and head the gut is the eight nine one to remind everybody and Uh, the general sense of that triad is that reality is impacting them so greatly and they're getting so much information and stimulation to their senses that they're um, pretty much constantly trying to decide what do they want to think about, what's good, bad, what's in and out. And so they're in this place of control And they're sort of generally angry that it's not working out very well, that they can't keep up with things. They can't get their arms around things. And the interesting thing I've sort of discovered is they can feel, they can feel like they are their feelings or they are their sensations. And yet they're not actually in touch with them. Hmm. So the eights don't really know that they're hostile and, you know, boiling over. They just are in it. And the nines don 't want to be anything like that, and they don 't know that they 're repressing all those things either and the ones are trying desperately not to be angry by being good, so they 're not actually present to what 's impacting us when we 're in that zone. I confess to being one so i 'm in that in that zone and so being attentive um, is a doorway for the gut intelligence to begin to actually be in their body and begin to uh, come to grips with an awareness of what they actually are experiencing, mm-hmm. whether it's overwhelming. Th- I think they can be overwhelmed by thoughts. They can overwhelm overwhelmed by sensations, overwhelmed by feelings, but they're overwhelmed. And how do they open that to God who as a rock underneath them is not going to be swayed? And they can, they can trust in that And in that, actually, with their amazing clarity, see the way through because the gut triad has real insight Mm -hmm. into the right and the wrong, the just and the fair, uh, who's in and who's not here. All those things they see intuitively, but when they're triggered, they they miss that attentiveness and that presence.
1: And I think when we go through all of the intelligence centers, we'll have a practice for everyone to take into their uh, desire to be present to presence. Is that you're, true?
2: You're making a promise that uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, make. didn't
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the uh, that heart center or EQ emotional intelligence.
2: So that's the two, three, fours and their world is one about connection and they are longing to be somebody in somebody's life to be seen as worthwhile and effective and not like everybody else, but certainly worthy of knowing. And they're desperately anxious that that isn't happening. And so they do all kinds of things to connect. And what what that does is they're so on mission (laughs) to connect that they're not actually often aware of being able to connect. They're, they're so fraught about their, their goal that they're not actually present to the very thing that could feed them. So it's really only when twos give up loving that they can begin to receive love and give love that's pure. That threes stop performing just are, and then they give away their wonderful gifts and they get all kinds of affirmation that's pure. It's not ego, reputation, persona, stuff. And the fours realize they don't actually have to put on airs to be unique and different. They just are. And people treasure them for their, their beautiful innovations and in the way they bring stuff. But when they're trying to do all that, they can't, they can't really receive it. So being attentive and present means they that the heart tried actually receives what they most want and they are what they most can give. So, again, it's the the – upside down nature, if you die to all these agendas of your own, then you actually have the life that you most desire. And it, it literally flows from you naturally because that's how God created you. That's
1: Mm. what
2: you were meant to be and do.
1: Mm. Well, that's beautiful. I'm just breathing that right into my heart space right here. Take it right in there,
2: dear three. (laughs) And then there's the IQ head uh, intelligence, the five, six, seven. and this group is nervous in the service they're watching and mm-hmm. by by almost by definition they're not wait, present
1: wait, pause nervous in the service is that what you said yes i like it
2: they they they're just as an immediate like apprehension mm-hmm. and they are in their own ways trying to step back and see what's going on and how do they fit in and is it going to be safe do i know enough is it going to be interesting enough and by so doing, every step they take back they 're that much removed from being present, mm-hmm. and so then they start feeling less safe, and then they take another step back, so their trajectory is sadly away from things, and then they feel less and less connection to people and more and more afraid so the false self trigger doesn 't satisfy at all, and so for each of them their their invitation is actually to show up so the the fives, you know, is to be present. The six is to be courage. And, and the sevens is to actually experience emotions, you know, be right here. And when they're able to be attentive like that and present, then they realize that all of their gifts are for community and aren't, they don't need to be afraid that mm-hmm. they actually then do bring the wisdom and courage and joy that they are able to be in their individual gifts. But again I just think our, our false self triggers move us away from people one way or another. We get lost in ourselves, we get lost in our action or we get lost in our fear and we're no longer attentive
1: mm.
2: or present.
1: Mm-hmm. And the
2: true self journey and it is all about moving to this moment right here where God is and where I am and where you are. And whenever we experience that, then who we are is a gift to everyone else.
1: Well, you know, I am struck by um, this trying to get actually what we feel like is missing in us and then we see what's missing in us by seeing what's missing in other people. And we've missed the whole idea of um, of of being connected, being so connected um, it, it, even in this idea of being called the body of Christ, mm-hmm. that Christ is the head, and we are the body, and every joint um, you, you know and, and you probably know this old song, but you, the the knee bones connected to the thigh bone right. <laughs>
2: I wondered what song we would be singing here today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one never knows, right? One never knows. Never knows. Now hear the word of the Lord. You know, it's from yeah. Ezekiel, and and I think if these that that comes from the scripture, can these dry bones live? And when I look at the body of Christ, and I and I see the 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 dismembering that we've done of one another in these days, oh, of you is. know politics and and pandemic and i think you know can these dry bones can these bones live and i believe what you're saying about presence is uh is the way that we can live and and then of course i didn't plan to even think of these things but then of course god breathes into those bones and says you know now live right Right. now live And so that makes me wonder about what kind of prayers with breath can Mm -hmm. help us live and maybe even become present to the point where we see one another. Maybe one more thing I want to say about that, because Doug, um, when we were with you, we had political conversations where we had divergent thinking Mm -hmm. with the four of us and Mm -hmm. we were able to see one another. And so rather than something becoming Political, it became relational, and it became receiving from the point of view. So I wonder, and we do a lot of breathing when we're together. We do Mm -hmm. a lot of stopping and saying, wait, hold on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come home right here and be present so I can be present to hearing you. And how can we do that for one another right now? Um, Become present so that we're not
2: well i think it uh, with that before i give the example of the discipline i feel like when i see pictures of these of um shouting mobs at each other
1: mm-hmm.
2: the behind all that has been a whole uh, ideology that those people over there are other they're not part of me mm-hmm. and so when i'm there and i'm in that battleground i don't even see those other people as people and that's been historically the case the whole thing about just about every uh you know genocidal kind of thing has been those that group is not really human Mm -hmm. essentially Mm -hmm. and so whenever we hear people talking about that and even more so when we hear christians talking about that then we know we don't have to know anything about them except that they're totally in their false self Because you will never talk about another human being like that if you're in your true self, because they're made in the image of God. So I just I want to put that out there that around you and yourself, if you talk about that other human beings that way, just know that's a red, red, red flag. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean a Trump flag. I mean, a flag of Sure. Foul. That's right. a, that's off right. base. Mm-hmm. And I it's do not think a
1: Democrat flag. It's not a Republican not, flag. No, you know? It's
2: not anybody's flag. It's saying that's danger. You mm-hmm. don't want to go there. Um, so that's one of my big concerns: is that we we just have lost our center, in many cases as whole churches or denominations, and mm-hmm. and don't even realize that we've uh, put religious language on it. But it's you can tell by the fruit. Jesus always said you can tell by the fruit. And if you're giving life-giving fruit to other people, great. If you're killing people, either by personality or Twitter or Mm -hmm. rocks and stones, then dear friends, uh, look at the life of Jesus and you've got to realize it's not the way. So the disciplines. I think one of the the most important and simple ones is breath prayers, as you indicated. for two reasons. One, they're very portable. We can do them anytime, anywhere, and they're usually short. So instead of feeling like, oh, I got to memorize some big prayer, no, that's not the idea. And you don't have to get in some posture or some tone of voice, right? (laughs) This is just, like you say, in our eating, breathing, drinking, all that, just while we do it, that's when we do breath prayers. The second reason to do it is we were actually physiologically created for breath to mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, while we've been talking, we haven't once thought about our breathing. It's an autonomic response as they call it. So we're just, we're wired to breathe. We want to survive. Our body says, I'm, we're going to take care of that. You just go on with life. <laughs> but a spiritual discipline of taking a big deep breath or two or three, actually is a signal to the body to chill out,
1: mm-hmm.
2: to relax. It's like a big reset button. And so when you get really anxious, to take a big, long, slow breath, begins to undo all of the adrenaline and everything else that's going on and allows your body to try try to get its own equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Now that's what happens physiologically. But it's also, we're spirit beings. So that's directly connected with our spiritual life. So if I'm adding to that uh, words and meditations that are bringing me back to the present, which is what the big breath does. So I could be going on doing all kinds of things and not even know I'm sitting in this chair. But if I take a big, deep breath, I all of a sudden become aware of my body, where I am. Um. In the same way, these breath prayers help us to get actually present to our soul and to God in us.
1: I'm breathing.
2: Good. So there are lots of breath prayers out there. And usually the, the formula, I think, is easier to think about, which is, is there some name or image of God that somehow has caught your attention in these days? And so that's something that you would breathe in. You could say, oh, God, my shepherd, or uh, Jesus, the Lord, or father in heaven, or father and mother of us all. Whatever is the image that you have. And then the breathe out, it can still be more about God, or it can be something that is either sort of repenting of a lie that you're wanting to get rid of. Mm. or stating a truth that flows from that thing about God. So for instance, as a one, uh, I can often feel like I'm not good enough. Mm. And so one of my breath prayers that we wrote about in our book is, uh, God, you are good, and I am good enough. Mm. I'm countering the lie that my false self wants to whisper to me all the time. Um, And so that's, you can take... That's why, why they're so easily portable and highly individualized if you need it. So the breath prayer you pray today, you might not pray tomorrow, but you might have another one for that particular anxiety or fear or something that's awaiting you, and you want to say something about God that really is going to anchor you, and then what, what is it that you want to hold on or, or get rid of? Either way. So you breathe in, this is about God, and this is about me out
1: yeah and so you you know you mentioned that we have several breath prayers for each style very specific for each style in our book mm-hmm. uh spiritual rhythms for the enneagram and, and you know and so portable prayers what did you say i've heard of it you heard of that book um those portable prayers that really are not like one size fits all, Mm -hmm. but actually are a door as you use that, you know, that analogy before a door for us to um, not only uh, walk into something new, but maybe let go of something old. And, um, and they're, they're not um, rigid. They're actually to inspire you to write your own, so there are many there that can help you find your own way of breathing in the world.
2: Exactly. Hopefully they stimulate something that is particular to you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why they're particularly helpful for people who feel like they don't know how to pray mm-hmm. because we can give them, you can give, certainly give people prayers and the Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me a sinner is one of the famous breath prayers. That's mm-hmm. a long one, but it's well known but to have something that you actually tailor to what you're currently struggling with, I think is just a great gift. And once you start, I, I, I think like when I get in a zoom call with people and I say, let's, let's pray. I always take one or two breaths at least before I say anything. And then I, I say something about God that I'm clinging to and, remind myself and my friend that we're in God's presence so that we can actually be awake and aware to the presence of our conversation.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: And I do that for me because I go from one to another to another and I, I, I can't be in the last conversation I had. If I am, I'm, I'm not here with you. Um, and I have got nothing to offer you. Um, and the other person can be so caught up into their stuff that they couldn't even hear if I had anything to say from God, unless they're able to kind of slow down enough to be present. So I think there's lots of times where in our false self energy, we sort of blast into things and never really get present. We're there. we got all kinds of energy, all kinds of words, actions, and then we're gone and we're like, you, you, you were actually never here. Mm. You know, we, we never really connected. And so the, the wonder and glory of you was never given to me, and my wonder and glory was never given and received by you. Mm. And when we're in those kind of situations, we know it. We walk away feeling graced yeah. in our soul. We feel like something, you know, something of the divine touched us.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's what that is. And that, that can happen all the time.
1: When we're attentive.
2: When we are attentive. <laughs> Let, uh, appropriate word.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful you've been with us, Doug. And while this is an Advent uh, vlog and podcast at the moment, um, Jean Liu said, since the coming of Christ goes on forever, there is always an Advent going going on. Amen. And so will you just breathe with us in this final moment with prayer and uh, as we say goodbye to our friends and help them just take in what's been given and they can even come back and listen again, but let's leave them with this present moment.
2: Okay, I'll do that. So I invite you wherever you are to, to stop a moment and take a big deep breath in. And let it out slowly. If you want to be bold, you can do a four count for each part. And God, we are grateful across the miles and sound waves that we can actually be each of us together with you in your presence. That's the wonder of your incarnation and the glory of the indwelling spirit whom you've given. And so we bless you this Advent season for your coming to us in Christ. And we cry out to you, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus again, to finally bring in the complete reign of God in all of its peaceableness and graciousness and openness. We long for your just rule, O oh God. Mm-hmm. And we pray that we might be people who become ever more attentive and present to ourselves, to you, and to all whom you bring in our path. And may that be especially true as we're with family in, present, in person or over Zoom, that we might be attentive to one another in deep and rich ways this holiday season. And may we, as your children, come closer to be what it means to be actual light for you and not for some other agenda. Mm -hmm. For Jesus' sake, amen.
1: Amen. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll be putting uh, links where folks can get a hold of you. Um, to, uh, to learn more from you through workshops or spiritual direction or writings that you and Adele have done. And just love you so much and um, say thank you for being present to me.
2: Well, uh, it's an honor to be on your vlog. And I, I do count you as one of my dearest sisters, Claire, and so grateful for the journey of writing a book with you, but even more being a friend with you over all these years. So God's blessing on you and Scott.
1: Yes, and on you and Adele. Bye.
2: Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thanks so much for joining with us today on the Enneagram and Christianity podcast. We would love to connect with you as you wait for Christ to be revealed and offer spiritual practices to stay present to Christ's presence within you this Advent season. You can check out Scott and Claire's Enneagram website by going to org. That's S-C-O-T-T-A-N-D-C-L-A-R-E-L-O-U-G-H-R-I-G-E.org And when you go there, you can check out the blog and the vlog and all things Enneagram. And of course, you can go to ccmonline.org We hope that you'll be able to join us each and every day through the season of Advent as we give thanks for the faithfulness of Christ. Hope to see you soon.